The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. And welcome to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. Um, this is episode number seven. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish, from the podcast Under the Stairs. I'm joined by the co-host with the most, Mr. Andy Blockley from Big Horror and Little Podcast. How you doing, sir? How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm uh, really good, thanks. Lucky number seven, faces a day. Yeah, this one's been uh, this one's been kind of hanging precariously above our heads, like the dangling swords of Damocles. It has. Yeah, there's an old uh, a Greek a Greek myth, a myth for you all dropping it right at the start of the, the episode here because I'm cultured, y'all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're cultured. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, this is highbrow stuff. Duncan. <laughs> yeah, doing the nasty. Yeah, highbrow podcast where. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, this could be, I think I said to you yesterday, um, this could be the most diverse group of movies we have ever covered in one show. Totally, yeah, totally. There's such a good mix of uh, of stuff in here tonight. I'm really looking forward to this, actually. Yes, sir. Um, on this episode, we shall be, once again, tackling three movies from the prosecuted list. Um, up first... Um, the one that Jerry Esposito, our good friend Jerry, has been pretty much champing at the bit for since we announced we were doing this show. Um, it's Faces of Death from 1978. We'll be following that up with uh, Fight for Your Life from 1977. And then uh, a trifecta of uh, 70s movies here. We will finish off with uh, the Andy Warhol classic from 1973, Flesh for Frankenstein. So, um, <laughs> which I think of all the movies we're going to discuss, I think that's the one we're going to have the most fun with. Definitely, mate. Yeah. Uh, watching the films for tonight, which has been, uh, which has been quite interesting. I, t- I tend to try and watch them, like break them up, but uh, I just had too much on during the week, so I crammed two in last night, and uh, one literally just last- before yeah. this. 
So, would you? Okay. Yeah, Faces of Death. Uh, I had to distract my daughter from watching it on the telly. Um, oh with, yeah. With toys and uh, <laughs> basically watched it. So um, yeah, well, I think um, with that in mind, we should probably go on and talk about that first one. That's our first review. So let's um, do it. Yeah, taking a short break just now, you're going to hear a promo for a show on the Horophilia Podcast Network. When we come back, it's 1978's Faces of Death. We'll be right back after this. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider us your high priest and priestess of satanic cinema. Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest and worst devil movies of the last 50 years. Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe. Sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our hoods and cloaks and kiss, kiss the, the goats. It's a hell of a good time. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. It's in the script. The cover states that this video cassette will change your attitude to life. It has a lot to live up to, and if you've seen it, you'll know that it will definitely have a lasting effect on you. In fact, it was around the time I first saw it in the mid-80s that I decided to become a vegetarian, so there you go. It's essentially a Mondo film, that is. It's a factual documentary which purports to show extreme and taboo subjects, such as accidents, autopsies, suicides executions, and there's some really strong animal cruelty in there too. What we now know is that it was financed with Japanese money primarily for their market after the success of the Italian Mondo film Savage Man, Savage Beast. The producers wanted something much stronger than that that hadn't been seen before, and they got it. In one brief moment, within the span of a heartbeat, your world could stop. There is no way to predict when you will become one of them. For the first time in cinema history, the greatest fear of all mankind will be graphically exposed. Now, a motion picture dares to take you beyond the threshold of the living, where you may discover your own face of death. This film will introduce you to a world where the bizarre is not uncommon and the normal seems out of place. into a bloody world where violence creates an image not soon to be forgotten. Une révolution. If you have never thought about death, time you started thinking. Faces of Death. Now a major motion picture. And welcome back. 
So, people, we are now going to talk about, I suppose this is um, one of the most eagerly anticipated ones so far, um, Faces of Death from 1978, which is an American film uh, directed by Conan Lesselaire, taking a punt on that name. Um, and it kind of the the main guy in it is um, his character is called Francis B. Gross, which I think yeah. is just a horrendous attempt play on words. I think <laughs> released um, released on video in September 1982, and then added to our famous list in July 1983. Um, this is a weird one, really. I was annoyed that I had to watch this before I watched it. I was kind of thinking, oh, for fuck's, I don't want to watch this because it's just going to be grim. It's just death. Obviously, you know, it kind of does what it says on the tin. The You know, the majority of the stuff in there is actually fake, it turns out. But there's quite a lot of real stuff in there. Road accidents, uh, animal violence and that sort of thing. But after watching it, I actually found it really fucking tame. Now, <laughs> I don't know if that's just because I've watched some really horrendous shit online. Because uh, I remember watching this when I was about 15, I think. Um, worst thing to be honest is the animal killings um, but it, unlike something like Cannibal Holocaust where they've just deliberately killed animals for the sake of a movie no animal is being killed <coughs> for the for the making of this film they are just showing you already pre-recorded footage of basically stuff that just goes on on the planet on a regular basis you know day to day um, and they've got like, really whimsical music in the background, which almost kind of is a bit of an insult to the poor animals on screen that are being tortured. I mean, like old McDonald's playing when we get to the farm, fucking weird. Um, like there's music that sounds like it's been nicked straight from like the Road Warrior, and that's accompanying a bit of seal clubbing. So it's really fucking weird. Um, to me, the only thing I found difficult to watch was the animal cruelty, but it was it was just stuff that happens in fucking slaughterhouses every day. So I think it's I think if I feel uncomfortable watching that, then maybe I'll be a vegetarian. Maybe I don't know. But like the the human stuff is just not that bad. And again, it's like the weird music. There's like a scene like there's a suicide scene, um, and then there's like a scene where someone's like been obviously washed up on the shore. They've gone swimming or something in the sea, and they're found dead. And that had like weird cartoon music playing over the back of it. So it's like it's really hard to take any of it seriously. Because I don't think the film's really taking it serious, considering the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But it didn't disturb me anywhere near as much as I thought. I was just a bit bored with it, to be honest. Um, but I think I did know that a lot of it's fake, and a lot of it's quite obviously fake. Some of the stuff that is fake actually looks quite convincing. But most of it, I mean, I think the thing to look out for, I noticed, is if there's any multiple cameras, then you know it's fake. Yeah. Because why on earth would there be three or four different set-up, you know, anchored camera angles on a shot? There wouldn't be, so you kind of know. So, I mean, for me, I don't know, I was expecting something really brutal. And what I got, I was just kind of thought, meh, it's, it's, it's really got nothing in it that I'd find particularly disturbing. What about you? Uh, so this was like the first time I've ever seen this movie. This one is... First time. Inf- yeah, this one is infamous though. This is one that I was aware of by reputation for like for maybe maybe when I was like yeah maybe I was like twelve or thirteen I think yeah and I was very much aware of this. Uh, you know, I, I remember one of my friends had a VHS of this, 
um, and it was almost like a rite of passage uh, that you had to see this and for whatever reason I never saw it um, yeah. I was just very much aware that for whatever reason you know that, that, that was just one of the things I, I, I never saw growing up so um and obviously there's been a lot written about this movie and there's been a lot mentioned about this movie um, and I knew quite a lot of the sequences in it, very similar yep. to before I even watched Cannibal Holocaust for the first time, I knew about things like the turtle scene um, yeah. because they're, they're they're just part of, not pop culture but they're part of horror culture, you know people mm. know these things without seeing them yeah, it yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it's funny you, like, obviously, because Cannibal Holocaust is a play on, it's like a satire play on these sort of movies, these Mondo films that were yeah. being made, and that's why, <laughs> like, the score to Cannibal Holocaust is so important and how dreamy and whimsical it is in comparison mm. to what's happening on the screen, because that's what Mondo movies do. They, they yeah. put weird fucking... Not happy music, but the music is so weirdly juxtaposed against what's yeah. on the screen. It um, really doesn't match, does it? At yeah, all, what's it, going it really on. doesn't. And in some in some cases, that's what's more unsettling than necessarily what's happening on the screen. Is you know these two things, you know this act of violence should not be accompanied by this music. It just doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> mesh. Um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of going to echo some of the stuff that you said. Um, first and foremost, this movie bored the shit out of me. Um, stuff, that's what I thought. I, I, I kept certain bits. I'd skip thirty seconds because I knew nothing was going to happen. Yeah, I was just jumping to the next death, basically. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing I can liken it to is, um, like, I I really like fail compilations on YouTube. Like, whenever yeah. I'm feeling, whenever I'm feeling a bit down, or whenever I feel like I need like anything at all, you go to YouTube, you type in fail compilation, and you watch people running at buildings, hurting themselves on skateboards and all the rest, and I'll yeah. laugh at it. I, you know, that that legitimately, people falling make me laugh, right? But yeah. I guarantee about 10 minutes after starting to watch those videos, they kind of lose their shame for me, because it's the same thing, it's people falling off a skateboard or it's people walking into a glass door, it's people tripping up yeah. over ice or someone falling over a dog and they start to lose their, their it starts to lose the, you know, the laughs for me, occasionally there'll be one which will make me laugh a lot again but for the most part it, it kind of loses it and that, yeah. that kind of is the big kind of issue for me with Faces of Death there is a lot in here which I found quite disturbing like in terms of the animal violence again, and I know yeah. what you're saying. Um, this these sort of things happen to animals, you know, all the time. I think it's because it's behind closed doors that you know, like an mm. abattoir or stuff like that. We don't uh, see that ignorance is bliss, isn't it? It is. We we don't see the you know when the horse trips at the Grand National. We don't see it get taken to the back and have a bolt put it through its head. You know, we, no. we we just we just hear that the horse died, and you know that's yeah. you know. It's, and I think there's something very inherent about the the way, you know, civilised people deal with animal death. Mm. And uh, we, we deal with it in a very uncivilised manner by feigning ignorance about it. Um, well, the commentator makes a very good point that if he had to prepare his own food in the manner that we're being shown on screen, you wouldn't. Yeah. You'd be a vegetarian. You know, if I had to ch cut a chicken's head off, pluck all its feathers out, so, you know, if I, had to, if I had to slit a fucking cow's throat mm -hmm. and watch it, you know, gar gargle to death, you know, choke to death on its own blood, 
it wouldn't. It'd just be wandering around the field and I wouldn't be able to do it. And yeah, it is brutal having to watch, but it's weird because it's stuff that's happening as we speak now. This is happening around the world. Yeah, yeah it's still really fucking uncomfortable. And I, I can't remember who commented. Um, one of the guys on our on our page said, I became a vegetarian for two years after watching this film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I can't remember who it was either. Um, I will search it up before we finish our review and obviously make comment. The thing was, uh, Mike Murphy from Badass Boobs and Body Counts had, um, had left an article he'd written a review about this movie a couple of years ago and he went into detail about what was fake in the movie and what wasn't yeah yeah um and i purposely didn't read it before watching the movie because i kind of wanted to go into the movie with that that level of ignorance as to you know basically how they wanted to present this movie first time round, which is that everything yeah. you see on screen is real um yeah. I have I read it afterwards and it's it's a bloody it's a bloody well written piece um that Mike's put out and I I, I highly highly recommend that um, if you're over on the Facebook page you'll see he made the post about Faces of Death if you click into yeah. there and go across and check his article his article's really really good and obviously I was reading that I think had I seen this at the time or possibly on a VHS the the fake deaths would have been more believable. Yeah. I was going to say the copy I saw is fairly pristine. Um, so, and like you say, when you start noticing multiple camera angles and stuff like that, which I didn't notice on the first couple of ones, but then it becomes quite apparent. Um, yeah, I mean, case in point, the alligator nonsense. Yes. Which, like, you know, the, the news reporter that's reporting it on the alligator scene, the first thing I thought, have you seen Carlito's way? Yes. Kleinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And just thought, yeah, like, the way it's presented, and it's just, the acting's awful. Like, it's, it's just not fucking believable at all. And I don't know who they think they're trying to kid, but, like, like I said before, you know, when you've got rigged camera angles and it keeps flashing back to, it does the same in the monkey brains thing as well. Like, yes. why would there be a camera in there with the monkey? Like, there wouldn't yeah. be, do you know what I mean? And they're the kind of things where you just think, yeah, it just looks fake. I mean, I don't know if this might have been convincing um, back in I think 1978. It probably, I, yeah, possibly. I think it probably would be, because I'm just... It's difficult, it's difficult to try and put your... Like, me and you are about the same age, right? And we are kids of the 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And by the 80s, things were so over-the-top... And so clearly fake that yeah. you just get desensitized to the, the nonsense gore and all the rest. Yeah. I'm trying to put myself into the mindset of what it would have been like getting a bootleg copy of this videotape, being told that this was a documentary, a real documentary about death, and sitting down and watching it for the first time. And I think a lot of it, I don't think I'd be questioning much about the movie at all. I think I would have probably <laughs> ate this up, um, yeah. which will reflect probably how I will grade this at the end actually is maybe not necessarily yeah. how I feel about watching it in 2015 but how I imagine I would have seen this movie had I been a lot younger or on video or, or these sort of things. I just found that I think the the, the, the the issues with the film notwithstanding the bad acting I mean it's competently shot, it's competently <laughs> put together um, I just think that it's difficult to maintain my attention on the same thing happening over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, as you know, had this been a twenty-minute 
documentary and they picked the the most horrendous kills from this and pieced them and you know like in a 20 minute clip then yes I probably would have I would have probably been a bit more disturbed than I am very similar to what they do in Cannibal Holocaust the animal violence here is to offset the fake human deaths and fake deaths in this movie but when you get to the when you get to the end of this movie and it is is just accident it's accidents that have been filmed and it's clearly not fake. There's real no. accidents are happening. That's uh, the, just news footage or something, isn't it? Yeah, it gets to that point where I'm like that. I am not entirely sure what the purpose of this film is anymore. And uh, the movie just kinda keeps it just keeps like towards the end it just keeps battering on with this kind of real accident and real tragedy footage. And yeah. It's purely played to shock. I understand that, and that is what the purpose of this movie is. It's to shock. Yeah. Um, but I'm so run down and bored by this point that I, I'm not saying that I didn't find the movie effective. Like there are a couple of bits that really kind of turn my stomach a bit. Um, not because it was too horrific, just because I've said before on here I don't particularly like animal violence on no. the screen. It appalls me to this day that. You know, people can post footage of animals being smacked and punched on Facebook. It, you know, that genuinely upsets me because yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand why anyone one would want to do that to a fucking defenseless animal, and two, why you would want to post it and share it on Facebook. And basically, in some, in some respects, I kind of think that Faces of Death is incredibly ahead of its time because. Yeah. I think about what is now deemed as entertainment now, and it is. It's videos of people beating the shit out of each other on YouTube. You know, yeah. video footage of animals getting you know t- tortured or shot on on Facebook or YouTube. Or try or what about news footage that gets shown of people being fucking beheaded mm-hmm. and all the rest. And I kind of on on some level I. Whilst the movie might not have been like it might not have grabbed my attention for the full ride, I kind of think that this movie's kind of important. Um, yeah. I, I really kind of think whether it's it's most likely done by accident, mm. but I genuinely think that this bit of kind of almost scathing accidental social commentary is very very apt when you look at what society's like. And and you know in twenty fifteen it's it, you know it's almost as if it's almost as if he's he's putting a crystal ball down in front of us and and basically showing us what we will one day perceive as entertainment. Um, yeah. And whilst I don't necessarily find it entertaining, um, I have to kind of appreciate it on that level. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I it just you know the more I thought about it because I mean I literally finished watching it and then I had to like bath my my daughter and then put her to bed and all the rest and while I was feeding her and um, getting her ready for bed I just kind of mulling all these ideas over in my head yeah and um, it's not often that a movie finishes and I I think about what the purpose of the movie is you know what what is this movie most part especially in horror i don't always necessarily feel the need to sit and think about what is the purpose of a movie um no. and watching this one it made me think what the purpose of this movie is and like i say i don't know if this is an intentional thing or not or if this is like accidental but i just find it very apt when i think about like i say what what we now deem as as entertainment or what or what 
teenagers now deem as entertainment, you know, because they're yeah. getting subjected to this all the time. The Facebook fre- threads are, 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 you know, teeming with it. Um, they can watch, like, can watch horrendous things happen to people on YouTube and then skip to the next yeah. video. You know um, what I mean? Which is basically I mean, what this movie's doing. It's, yeah. I think everyone has got a morbid fascination with death. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's part of life and it's a massive taboo. People don't want to talk about death, um, but people are happy to kind of look through, you know, put their hands over their face and look through the cracks in their fingers and kind of watch something horrendous and I mean it's so easily available now I mean there's, there's a website and I'm not going to name it because I don't want to give it a free plug um, but there's a website that's just fucking horrendous videos of stuff it's news footage animal attacks a lot of uh, war based stuff so right. it's you know it's beheadings it's pe- I mean there's something I watched on there and it's weird because it was no one being killed but it was something that's fucking stayed with me for ages and I think it was something in Pakistan and it was uh, like prisoners of war and they basically had guys blindfolded with their hands tied behind their backs and then they push them off a first floor balcony oh fuck so they land on the floor obviously some of them land feet first some of them land face first you don't know when the ground's coming you can't brace yourself because you're blindfolded your hands are behind your back and they just push him off the first floor thing. And then, like, there's a guy waiting at the bottom and just drags him to his feet and leads him off and another one gets pushed off. Fuck. And it's just shit like that. And it's fucking horrendous. And then I'm like, there's, there's another thing I saw, like, a guy apparently had stolen some potatoes in South Africa and they just threw petrol on him and set him on fire. And it's yeah. just like, fuck me. And, like, this particular website, I'll tell you what it is later if you want to know, but I'm not, because I don't want to give it a free plug, but... Uh, when you're watching these videos, the advertisements down the side is really fucking violent, hardcore porn. Yeah. And I think that's fucking really dangerous as well. Like that kind of link where on one screen you're watching someone horrendously have their head chopped off and then on the other screen you're watching someone getting like arse raped. You know, yeah. and it's like fucking hell. Like the, that connection and especially for you know, teenage boys that they're kind of first, I don't know, for their first kind of sexual experience that they get to see online is very often really fucking violent porn rather than yeah. you know just two people who are in love or whatever and I just think like fucking hell like the stuff that's available online, online now is so brutal like if they compiled a faces of death today yeah well, what would that look like it'd be like the kind of, it'd be like a in fucking clockwork orange yeah. when they tie his eyes open and make him watch um, so yeah I don't know what the purpose of it is really um, like you say, it's because this at the time was really ahead of its time, but now people do. I don't know. I don't know if people are. If, I mean, there's going to be psychopaths that are entertained by watching people hurt and tortured, mm-hmm. but I think most people just do it out of this weird, morbid curiosity, and then you fucking regret it afterwards. It's because it's there. Yeah, but I've never gone and like watched a video clip of someone having their head cut off and then going, oh, that was a really constructive use of my time. I always think, oh, I wish I hadn't have fucking seen that. Like, I wish I hadn't have watched it. But you can't look away. It's like, I don't know, it's this weird... <sighs> I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like Inside your stomach, yeah. you, you feel like compelled to watch just because it's it's such a taboo subject, death. No one wants to talk about it, so you almost have to secretly sneak off and have a quick look at it online. And Yeah. I don't know, this is, and like you say, with the Mondo music and stuff on this, it kind of adds a weird, almost like joke factor to it. But like you yeah. say, it's, that's kind of them deliberately to give it that kind of eerie kind of feel. I mean, 
there's a lot of fake shit in here. Like the assassination to me looked really fake because when that guy like stands up to do his speech and gets shot, yes. the guy that kind of the guy that kind of catches him as he's falling doesn't look bothered. <laughs> like he doesn't oh, look yeah. worried that yeah. the guy that's next to him is shot. And like the French assassin that they're interviewing, I just thought, <laughs> come on. That's just one of like the director's mates, surely. They've just put like a mask on him and stuff. So, so it's a weird film because most of it is fake. And I went back and read the, that really well-written article that Mike Murphy did. And, and I think there's a, the majority of it's fake, isn't it, with human stuff, I think. Most of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, the majority. Except, yeah. like I say, by the end, when you get to the actual real accident. The road accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's a strange. I st- this to me is the. I don't know if there's going to be another movie like this on the list. Part of me kind of hopes there isn't, um, just because yeah. it is such a weird, strange fucking movie. I mean, like really, really, really strange, and um, I, I get the feeling I'm going to be thinking about this one. Not possibly because of the horrific acts that happen in it. But thinking more about the content and the message, you know, like why did someone do this movie? Um, possibly, mm. you know, for the rest of the week or something. Um, which which brings us neatly um, to our our grade for this movie. So uh, we have obviously community service. We're going to address at the end of this, by the way, the the very new rating suggested by Mr. Mike Murphy, which I think we're going to <laughs> retrospectively adopt um, yeah. for some of, some of our titles. But um, currently we're just going to, unless one of these, Matt, I don't think, but anyway, um, so we have uh, obviously our uh, slap on the wrists, our community service and our hard time. Um, and I am going to, I'll go just now and just say, to me, this movie's a hard time. I think... Um, I, I put myself in the mind of what it would have been like to watch this movie in the 70s, late 70s especially, and to be sold the idea on a grainy VHS this is people dying. And I think a lot of it, the effects, yeah, some of them don't hold up, but I think of the time, yeah, they probably yeah. did. They, pro- they probably really, really did. I would imagine if I had seen this you know, if I had been round to my friend's house when I was 13 and watched this movie, this movie would have fucking fucked me up, like seriously fucked me up. I'm a bit more savvy now, I'm a bit more sensible, I'm in, 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 you know, in, endowed with a sense of that I know that movies are only movies. 13-year-old yeah. me would not have known that, you know what I mean? 13-year-old right. me would have been like, why the fuck are we watching... A, a snuff movie like 13 year old me saw his first porno on a VHS for the first time um, <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. I, 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 seeing, seeing something like this at the same time would have fucking warped my, my mind so to me it's, it's it's hard time and it definitely it definitely needed to go on the list what about yourself? right I'm total opposite right I um, did see this when I was about 15 and it did not bother me at all really um didn't didn't particularly disturb me like this kind of stuff now i deliver i don't watch it like this anymore i went through a phase where i was watching a lot of this kind of brutal stuff and i'm now to the point where i've actually i've absolutely had my feel and i'm trying to kind of look at life with a much more kind of positive outlook and this kind of stuff brings me down yeah so much to the point where that's why I was so annoyed about watching this and I thought it was pretty tame because I was expecting it to be worse but 
Yeah, like, I don't remember Serbian meat at 15. I remember just being fascinated by it. I think watching it, showing my brother, um, being, like, thinking that animal stuff was horrendous, but kind of, maybe, you know, still, like, putting it in context in my mind, just thinking, well, fucking hell, this stuff kind of goes on. Um, yeah, and I don't remember it bothering me. Like, maybe it did bother me at the time, but now this stuff bothers me so much more now. Hmm. So for that reason, like, I've just got to kind of transport myself back to when I did watch it. So, I mean, I was born in 81, so I don't, I mean, it, it's, we're, we're talking like a good sort of, I don't know, 16, 17 years after at least I watched. So not in 78, but I don't remember it really disturbing me too much at all. Um, so for that, I, I can only really give it a slap on the wrist, really. Really? Um, yeah. Fucking hell, Andy. <laughs> I think I don't know I just I really don't remember it really bothering me when I watched it when I was 15 I just don't like it the reason I think that I built it up that it was going to be so horrendous and I was annoyed that I wanted to watch that I was having to watch it was because I've watched horrendous stuff since that's really deeply negatively affected me and I thought it was going to be that and this and the stuff on Faces of Death is a fucking walk in the park to stuff you can find online now nowadays yeah 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 and I think like just with my mindset like that it's just um, I built it up to going to be this horrendous thing and then it just wasn't to me Um, yeah I mean I've read some stuff like you told me about a podcast on Haunted Hill no the last podcast on the left I think yeah yeah and they do some horrendous stuff to the point I downloaded a couple's take on holiday I listened to half an episode and I didn't listen to any more (laughs) and that's no reflect podcast no reflection on their podcast whatsoever what, what, what specific one was it I probably went in for a bit of a heavy hitter and I went for Concrete Girl. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, right, yeah, yeah. So you, you, didn't, you didn't exactly ease probably, yourself in? No, I didn't. I went for the one that said this is the worst thing we've ever seen. Yeah, you should, um, if, if so, you ever really want to upset yourself, I mean really upset yourself in terms of content, um, you should listen to the episode that they do on uh, the, the Toolbox Murderer. Yeah, and I don't, and I won't. I like not even our curiosity. I won't. It's like because they, they no, I was gonna say they, they, they recite like specific because this guy like he kidnapped people, he tortured them for for like days on end. But he had like a mm. tape recording that he played, which was basically it was played to the person as they were strapped to a chair, and it basically described to them in detail what he was going to do to them over the next you know week or so. Um, right. it is one of the most terrifying things I've ever heard in my entire life like really seriously to the point that I felt I, I felt myself breaking it in a cold sweat listening to this guy recite what this mm-hmm. man was saying to a woman a helpless woman who'd woke up after being date raped tied to a chair and yep. you know I really really I've listened to it all, mind you, because uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I love things about serial killers and all the rest. I've got like a. What are you getting out of that when you're listening to that sort of stuff? Because I, you know, I'm totally on board with that. I'm not having a go at you for listening to that because I've watched fucking horrendous shit online and I've read yeah. about horrendous stuff, but I don't really I, know why I do it. So I'm just curious to know why. Why, why, why the do serial you do killer it? stuff, or why do I listen no, to that why, podcast? Like, why? Yeah, why could you? Why could you get to the end of that without switching off? Because I think I don't know if I could listen to it all. I think I think part of me, like I've got like a, I'm not obsessive compulsive, but I do have a quality. Like I, I won't switch a movie off. Yeah. Like, ever, you know, unless I'm tired and falling asleep, but then I watch it the next day. I've never. There's one movie I think maybe in the last ten years that I've switched off and not finished. Okay. Um, 
So I, I just I do that to myself. I, I kind of feel like I need to get to the end of things. It's the same with yeah. albums. If I start listening to an album and I fucking think, oh, this is shit, still listen to to the end of that one. And the case of that, but like when it comes to serial killers and stuff, the psychology of serial killers, the psychology of killers, just in general, really really fascinates me. Um, and their yeah, their too. take, that too. podcast's take on it, is that they tend to go a bit deeper. And tend to look at things mm. from different angles that documentaries and books don't do, um, yeah. and I think that's what makes it quite fascinating. Because at no point do they herald any of these serial killers as, you know, as as anything more than something that should should be ridiculed, something that mm. should be looked down upon, and something that does not deserve the press and attention it gets. You know, the way they they tackle these yeah. conversations is by is by almost tearing down the, the icon of the serial killer. And they do it in a very comical way because they're, they're comedians. But I think yeah. that's what fascinates me and that's what makes me listen because, yeah, you get that horrible thing when they're talking about that sort of thing. But then, you know, they end up talking about other aspects of the case from a different angle and a different point of view. And I'd seen documentaries on that guy before and then I was finding out things that I was like, I never knew that. And then when you go online and research it, right enough... Yeah. There, there's whole subsets of stories that just never make the press, never make the books, never make the documentaries. No. Um, but yeah, so, so that surprises me that you're from your point of view, you know, it's a slap on the wrists because I'm trying to think. We've given community service to movies, which I would consider tamer than this. It's just because it's documentary, though. Like it's yeah. just, do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just no, I'm not, I'm not, not yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying you're so, wrong or anything. It's how you feel about it, but yeah, it just that that blows my mind more than anything. So, do you even think it deserves to be on the list? Uh, with the mm. mindset of when that list was created, do you think, even though it's a, a slap on the wrist for you, did it deserve to be on the list or not? I don't. I don't think it does. To be honest, right. like just because it's. It's just it's real life. So for me, yeah. like that, just um, no. Like I've got this. Just quickly changing the subject back to the horrible shit we're talking about. I've got this weird feeling now in the pit of my stomach because I want to watch that. I want to listen to that thing that you said about. Yeah, but I don't. Listen think, to, I don't if you do think, listen to it, come back to me and let me know how you go on. Like, I don't think I'm gonna. But it's almost like now I know that there's something like that available for me to listen to. I almost got this like compulsion where I oh, fuck. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to listen to it. Well, I really don't want to, so I fuck it. I probably will, <laughs> but, oh, but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's um, on 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 the unnameable site. There's there's pictures of Concrete Girl mid torture and mid rape that they took. Yeah, which is fucking horrendous. It's like. I don't know. It, it is, you know. It's, it's. I'm kind of repeating myself now, but it is a, this weird, morbid fascination, isn't it? It's fucking horrendous, but you want it and you want to hear about it. And I'm the same with the, the serial killer thing. I just find it totally fascinating because I just kind of can't get my head around it. So I've like I've read loads of like serial killer stuff. I do find it really fascinating. I just very often, once I've like looked at something, I just think, I wish I hadn't looked at that because I'm going to think about that. And I'm gonna, like, tomorrow morning, I'll just be sitting at my desk and that thought will creep back in. And I think, ah, oh, fucking hell. Don't want to be thinking about that. So, yeah, it's, um, 
yeah, I think I've just been spoiled and desensitized. But like I say, as a 15-year-old, I don't think it bothered me that much. Whereas today, watching stuff like this, I just think, oh, I've had enough. This is like, there's too much fucking violence and shit in the world. I'm not going to subject myself to any more of this. So this is probably going to be the last kind of thing like this that I watch. Because um, yeah. there are a load of sequels as well. Have you seen any of the sequels to Faces of Death? Uh, no, no, I haven't. But the, uh, does it go as far as four, I think? Uh, I think there's four, and then there's a best of, and then there's a Traces of Death. And Traces is like the most modern one, and that's got a lot more... I think most of the stuff in that is real. Like the Bud Dwyer suicide is real in that, and there's, so there's quite a lot of stuff that's real. Uh, I think most of it in Traces so yeah, if if you want to see more, like Traces is probably the one to skip straight to because I think Faces of Death is just a, a lot more you know similar stuff. Um, so yeah, that's about it for me talking about this. Let's move on to something a bit more light-hearted. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily know if it's light-hearted. I'll tell you what, it definitely Number three. is. <laughs> Fight for your life isn't fucking album. <laughs> Should have done them in no. a different order. Yeah, so yeah. we've got some racism coming up next. Oh <laughs> yeah, like the, the the most the most race race hate fueled dialogue I've heard I've since the like Tarantino yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a it's full on. Yeah, so we're we're going to be talking about that movie um, coming up right after this break. There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal, and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network. Of podcasts. According to the uh, the cover here, you can look forward to merciless beatings, bloody killings, and multiple rape, and um, unprintable happenings. Now, I wonder what they meant by that. I suspect that what they're driving at is the fact that the really shocking element in Fight for Your Life is the language, and it's kind of unique amongst the video nasties in that the really shocking element that prevents it, I believe, from being released officially in this country even now, is verbal, not uh, visceral. Um, it's verbal violence, uh, specifically racial slurs and racial attacks, verbal attacks. We are a nation wracked with violent crime. You are about to see a small sample of an extraordinary gut-trunching film that vividly portrays the most sadistic of these criminals. <laughs> That's your baby? That's right. Shame to make her an orphan. Just do like you told. Ain't no rally gonna get hurt. Faced with the terror of brutal killers, every cop, every man knows that surrender is impossible. You must fight for your life. A story filled with unbelievable action, a movie of excruciating violence, a saga of extraordinary courage that will leave you cheering. Fight for your life. Experience it soon here. Ah, welcome back. Uh, so, up our second movie review. Hopefully, so we're slowly on the upswing here into enjoyment. 
like actual laughing and enjoyment. Uh, with, 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 yeah, because that was that yeah. was really getting me down. That that talking about that face, not talking about particularly face of death, just talking about some of the fucking horrible seen online. So yeah, come on, let's let's be a bit happier in this one. I try. Well, yeah, let's talk about funk music. Um, yeah. and a movie that has its own song it has a theme it song does. which yeah, yeah which is fucking amazing I love movies that have their own theme song so this one perplexed the shit out of me as to why yeah why is this one on the list but let's I, you know anyway right so uh, we're talking about 1977's Fight for Your Life Um Synopsis for this one, uh, as listed on the IMDb's, um, is <clears throat> um, so it's about a group uh, who escape prison. Where they basically escape from the 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 vehicle taking them to prison, um, and they end up um, occupying the house um, of a black minister, um, yeah. and basically hold them hostage. Um, and are just rather unpleasant. I'd, I'd started reading IMDb synopsis and it was shit, so I started ad-libbing. Um, so yeah, uh, where the fuck to begin with this movie? Um, I'm just going to see you right out in front. Me laugh. Well, the first oh. thing I noticed, there's a scene where it kind of shows these guys escaping from a bank or whatever, uh-huh. and the guys blatantly stood there waiting for the director to go, action, because there's like a yeah. big pause where he stood there. So you're meant to be escaping, mate. Like, why are you stood there looking into the bank? So it starts off like just shit like that, and then like this, is, and then like he executes someone, but he shoots him through the shoulder. Yeah. And then like um, they go to st- like, they steal they steal a pimp's clothes. I'm thinking, yeah. really? <laughs> you can't disguise yourself in a big pink top hat, and like, that's not. Yeah, like that. Let's just dressing. Let's <laughs> dress inconspicuous. Yeah, I'm going to steal a pimp's clothes because I won't. I won't look suspicious. Oh, will I? A white guy dressed like that. So, like, yeah. it started off for me like it was going to be really shit and kind of just this really naff film. I mean, but then from like ten minutes in, as soon as they get to the house, it's just pretty brutal, isn't it? It's yeah, it, but, it's, but it's a weird like to me. This is a weird sort of brutality. Um, because I don't necessarily think anything in this movie, other than the the the, the severe um, language that's used, like the the, the racial slurs um, from our from our main antagonist in this movie towards a black black family, is pretty horrendous and it's sustained. You know yeah, what I mean? it, 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 and it is it's 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 uncomfortable to watch. And uh, I am aware that yes, people called people these words. I don't use. I I will. I am very comfortable using the word cunt. I am not comfortable using the n word ever. I'm just not. No. It's one of those words. I, I'm never will feel comfortable with because I just don't think it's. I just don't think someone like me should be saying that word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. the 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 kind of the severe racial language in this in this movie is to me primarily. I don't necessarily think anything he puts the family through is any worse than anything that I that I've seen of other movies from the nineteen seventies. 
You know, to me, okay. like, if you compare this, like, if you compare this movie to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? There's more blood yeah. in Fight for Your Life. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a scary fucking movie. This isn't a scary movie. You know, Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre is an unsettling movie. This isn't really an unsettling movie. It's just uncomfortable, and from my interpretation of it, is my uncomfort, my discomfort watching this movie came from the language that was used more than actually anything that happens in it. Um, yeah. I did think that, I did actually think the gore effects were pretty fucking cool. Um, mm. there's, there's a particular sequence at the end where someone gets shot in, a th- in the throat. Yeah, and he's throat that you know it's like obviously clearly a, a really well done special effect with one of these pop capsules behind the throat and it explodes, and it looks yeah. realistic. I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Um, I liked like I say I liked some of the, the kind of practical gore effects in this one. The story's a bit pish if we're being honest. Um, to me, like when we did Lisa Lisa or Axe as we know it, my big. Uh, gripe with that movie was that the criminals didn't feel like criminals. The yeah. girl should have been the mate, should be more villainous in the movie, but wasn't played that way, and all the rest. This one is a far more well put together, well rounded movie in that respect. And that the acting is of quite a good standard here. Um, it's not amazing, but it's not terrible. Um, I think the movie's very well shot, and I think the effects are pretty cool. I. Mm. I can only guess that the reason this was put on the list is to do with the language. And to well, be it's honest still with you, today. yeah, I don't agree yeah. with that though. I don't, I don't agree with. I I don't agree that you can put a film on the video nasties list purely because of the word said in it. I don't. No. I don't. I, I don't agree with that. I, I, if you if you can have. If you can have other movies which you know have extreme violence or extreme language, um, I don't understand because I, I mean you're not a, the filmmaker. I don't think is endorsing this language. He's putting it in there for the effect of how and then the big reveal at the end that uh, this character's mother abandoned him to go away with a black man, and this is where all his his race hate stems from. It's a bit yeah. of a flimsy excuse, but on some level, that's the justification for the language throughout the film. So I think yeah. the filmmaker himself has said, I've got all this dialogue in the film, but I need to justify this from a character point of view, and that's the avenue he uses. Now, you can argue it's not the best avenue to use, uh, which is probably what I would argue, but at the same time, that shows that there's been thought there. This yeah. isn't language for the sake of shock. There's been thought there to do it. And like I say, the yeah. language to me is really the only reason that I would ever see this movie getting banned. It's, it's a really strange one because it's very simplistic premise. Um, it's a very simplistic story. It's executed pretty well. Um, like I say, the acting's pretty good. Um, mm. What's the name of the guy? William Sad- Sadler? Sadler? William Sanderson. Sanderson, Sanderson from, sorry. Uh, yeah. like he's in Blade Runner, isn't he? Um, he's in Blade Runner. So yeah, Blade Runner's he? like one of my favourite movies of all time. In fact, I'm going to see yeah. it this month coming in the cinema when it does its full cinematic tour for, as part of the BFI sci-fi season. It's getting released in the cinema again. Um, Is it? So I'll be, yeah. Um, it's getting a full cinematic release uh, so I'll be there to see that movie on the big screen because I, I really have not a lot of people are iffy about it but I really like Blade Runner um, so to see oh, him do awesome. see this is why I like you Andy um, yeah. so, but to, <laughs> to see him go from 
you know, this this kind of weird kind of exploitation-y, grindhouse sort of role into a Blade Runner is really weird to me, you know, it kind of yeah. doesn't really mesh, but um, I thought he played the part really well as the villain. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a couple of gender, st- uh, not gender, well, there is there's gender stereotypes here and there's racial stereotypes in here uh, yeah. that only 70s cinema could get away with. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, mm. Like I say, I didn't feel overly comfortable with the language used in the movie, just because mm. I felt at one point he strong. He, he mentioned them. I think he mentioned the same racial slur. I think six times in one sentence, and I'm just like, yeah. that's either terrible, terrible script writing, or you're trying to impose a shock value on this one. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and if 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 they were, then it worked for me because I was, I didn't, I don't feel comfortable with that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, what what about you? Uh, yeah, it's it's a strange one because, like I just uh, pointed out, with like, the first like five minutes, there's some real bad like faux pas, like from filmmaking point of view, and it's kind of bookended with that because I'll talk about the ending in a minute, but I don't think the ending's very good either. But I think the, the sort of the middle of the film, probably like the middle hour and ten minutes of the film, I found really quite compelling. Like he's is he acts really well in this, like William Sanderson, and I don't don't feel like any of the racism felt particularly forced. I, like I totally believed that, like the hatred spouted from this guy, and obviously in kind of the final scene, you you sort of find out why he's got this hatred. But I didn't, I wasn't looking for a reason when I was watching this film. I just uh, kind of accepted the fact that he's fucking racist. And in 1977 in America, in certain parts of America, you know, in certain parts of America today, people are just really fucking racist. Um, you know, there's a lot of racism going on in, in all countries. So I wasn't, I, I totally I believed it. And it was, it did sit really like, uncomfortable with me, you know, hearing this, because it's just, it's such a taboo word, isn't it? You know, and to hear it constantly over and over again. And because he does act really well, like I did really believe, like it's pure humiliation, isn't it, for this guy's family? Really, you know, his yeah. son is, you know, his son's telling his dad to stick up for himself. Yeah, and the poor guy is just being totally humiliated in front of his family. I mean, there's some scenes that aren't really violent, like where he's making him sing, and he's making him yeah. call him yes, but you know, yes, master and boss and all that, and he's making him dance. Like that's really fucking uncomfortable to watch for me. I just like, there's something about Home Invasion. Like I'm I'm not entertained by Home Invasion flicks. Like I find them quite fucking brutal. I mean I've talked about stuff like Eden Lake. You know that kind of thing is my worst. And I know that's not Home Invasion, but that situation where you're kind of trapped with these people that are just deliberately just fucking trying to intimidate you and like you know cause you harm sort of thing and. I really felt it in this movie. I thought, fucking hell, like, considering it kind of lured me into a false sense of security at the beginning, I'm actually quite drawn into this and I really feel sorry for this family and I kind of don't know how they're going to get out of it. And I, I said to uh, to Rachel, like, there's going to be a rape in a minute. And I had a look on IMDb and the tagline basically mentions the rape within the tagline. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I was waiting for that. And that was kind of brutal as well because it was like off screen and they all have a go on her and you can just kind of hear the noises and the poor dad is unconscious, isn't he, while his daughter's being raped. So he has to kind of come round to be then told that news that this has just happened to your daughter. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell. But I thought this is great though in a way because it's building up to this, um, surely this amazing ending where they're finally going to get revenge on these guys. And for me, it's just like such an anti-climax. Like, yeah, it's when not the last house on the left, it. is it? 
so disappointed disappointed in it because I thought right I've sat through this I've sat through like horrendous racism I've sat through a rape I've sat through like real humiliation and this you know these fucking reprehensible characters but in a minute I'm going to get a really fucking cathartic you know bit of revenge and it never fucking happens like the kid picks up a stick and like hits the bloke and it's feeble it's like when he hits him on the head with a rock in the cannibal man it, like it's that feeble and then like <laughs> the little kind of fight and like the little fight scene between the dad and one of them it's just fucking lame and I was like ah, oh, I can't believe I've gone through all this I mean the best thing about it is the old lady in her jive talking I thought that was fucking amazing yeah <laughs> she gets all sassy yeah man she, like, she gets sassy to stuff a bro slick just like um, you know, on an airplane, Alan, two guys are arguing, and the woman comes over and goes, "Excuse me, I speak jive." Like she was fucking great, but <laughs> but oh, jive. like Nana basically got her got her granddaughter raped. Like it's her and her fucking big mouth is basically yeah. was getting the family in a lot more trouble than like she kind of needed to. Like, at one point, I thought it's brilliant. Like, it's really sticking up for him, but I thought you need to shut up now because you're in a wheelchair and they're like got weapons and stuff. So just be quiet. But like, there's some weird bits. Like the Bible beating is weird. You know when like the camera sped up. Yeah. You know when he like knocked someone conscious with the Bible. Like, what's that about? When the camera like it just like went into like fast forward, didn't it? Yeah, I think I think, but I think that's how they used to do certain. Like, see if you watch certain like action movies from the 70s and even the 60s when it came yeah. to physical violence, it is sped up. Right, um, but this one just it just felt like it was too sped up if you know what I mean generally it looks yeah. you would know it was sped up but you wouldn't be like oh holy fuck what happened um, yeah. I think that's actually like it. a really clever plot device as well in this movie that the, right. the home the home that they go to ultimately yeah it has a black family in it and all the rest and his hatred toward black the black family but the, the you know the head of the family is a pastor so by his very yeah. nature is you know is is inbuilt to forgive, to have compassion, yeah. and ultimately mm. for for him his character arc at the end he shoots the man he breaks his vows he becomes the thing that he doesn't want to become and all the rest that should have more impact, yeah. and mm. it doesn't and it doesn't no. because of the way that whole end sequence is shot that should be the big thing it should be the the end of seven you know what I mean become wrath you know what I mean? it, yeah, it should yeah. be it, it should be that but it should build up we should have more sequences of him taunting the guy about God and more sequences where he's getting in his face you know telling him you know there's maybe there's no more difference between me and you we're all animals or something so at the end when he kills him there's that gravitas behind it and it, yeah. that to me is the big unfortunately the, the, the thing that the movie's missing is that you have this climactic shoot him at the end from a priest killing a man and that to me should be the bit where I'm like well that character's fucked now that's him fucked the full character arc is basically that guy goes from at the very beginning you know preaching this sermon about you know, he's reciting it to his family all about um, how, how good life is and how good people are and, and all the rest. And the last thing we see that character is of, is of, of him killing someone. That should yeah, be a far um, more dramatic character arc. Yeah, because his son said an interesting thing to his mate where he said, my daddy says sometimes you're a stronger person to walk away from the fight. Exactly, exactly. So is this, but you know, oh, right, and this is what was going to happen. I thought they were going to have a fight like Riggs and Mr. Joshua. <laughs> 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 
or uh, outside outside in the grass when when the, yeah. the water's teeming over it and getting all muddy and yeah or matrix and uh what's his name from uh, commando i thought that he was going to be like that you know when matrix he's trying to say come on <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to shoot you between the eyes, John. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Come on, Ben. Put the knife in me. So that kind of, that would have, I don't know, that probably wouldn't have been better because that would have probably been less realistic that he wanted to get into a big fist fight. But the the cover art is them two in a fight. The dad with that's his a, top a, off. A fight uh, to the death. <laughs> the cover yeah. art's amazing from this movie. And the and the cover art is the dad with his shirt off, which never happens, with a manic look in his eye, with a knife in his hand, having a hand-to-hand fight with, you know, uh, William Sanderson's character. So I thought, right, that's obviously what happened at the end, and he's going to kill him with his bare hands. Like you say, it doesn't really have the impact. And for me, like, it, this film is just bookended with kind of naffness. You know, it's a bit shit at the yeah. beginning, and it's a bit shit at the end. But the middle kind of hour and ten minutes, I was really kind of compelled and, and really drawn into it just because of how much I could feel, you know, I felt this family's pain. I think they are all, like, really kind of good cast, you know, and you've got the little kid who's trying to stand up to him and, and he can't because mm-hmm. he's just a child. You know? and, and the other two, actually, as well, the other two were uh, kind of criminals in there. Like the Asian guy, I thought he was a bit of a pushover, but he's not, is he? Because he, like, he's a bit of a fucking psychopath, actually. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was glimpses, kind of interesting. There's glimpses of it, yeah. There's glimpses of it, which I think is really... I think that's really mm. well written. I th- that's what I'm saying. I can see what you're saying, that the front end and the back end of this movie, for some reason, is just not as well written. It's like they're no. always trying to find a vehicle to get these people into the house, like some plot vehicle, and it kind of feels yeah. like it was done at the last minute. And it kind of almost feels like the same with the ending. They're kind of finding a way to finish this off, and it just feels rushed. Yeah. And like so, I say, real anticlimax. I mean, you know, they're just a mixture of the really piss-poor execute fight scenes. It just ruins the ending. Like, I was so geared up for this like, real big payoff. You know, this horrendous shit's happening to this family, and the payoff is such a letdown. And, I don't know why that happened, really. I don't know kind of what went wrong. They just totally dropped the ball at the end, yeah. Uh, which yeah. is a shame. Because out of all the kind of home invasion movies I've ever watched, I think this for me is one of the most effective once they get to the house. Yeah, I, I think. think I, yeah, I think it's. It, it does have impact for me. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't go as far as to say the actual physical violence in the house really did anything to me, but the the kind of the verbal breakdown of the characters is definitely something that was very uncomfortable for me to watch. Um, yeah. So, but um, I think what we do is, and this could be quite funny because I get the feeling that we're gonna, we're almost gonna switch roles here. Uh, uh, to me, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say it's a slap on the wrists because yeah, the, the language right. is terrible. Um, but I really think that's, like I say, I think that's the reason this movie got banned, and I don't believe a movie should be banned for what it's said in it. Um, no. You know, I mean, I, yeah, v- physical violence on the screen, yes, a hundred percent. I can, I can imagine that certain ones would have been banned for, you know, like extreme physical violence, torture, the genital manipulation we've seen in other movies. Yeah, I could see where someone would come to that with that point of view. The language, yeah. not so much. I think uh, an eighteen certificate slapped in this would have been enough. Um, you didn't yeah. need to. You didn't need to ban this movie, so uh, so it's a slap on the wrist for me, and I don't think it deserved to be on the list. What about yourself? Right, I'm going to give it some community service. 
I knew you were going to go higher than me. <laughs> Just because it's that... It, it, I, I was really uncomfortable all the way through this film. Uh, and I don't know if it's... If I'm, I was more impacted by the fact that the opening 10 minutes was actually almost laughably bad. That then when they got to the house, it kind of hit me in the face like a bit of I thought, oh shit, this is, this is actually pretty brutal. And then that kind of brutality carries on for well over an hour. What I consider quite like fucking difficult quite difficult stuff to watch so I don't know if it might have had a different view if the opening 10 minutes had been as strong because I would have been prepared for it but I this really fucking sat uncomfortable with me it's not because of the language it's Asian the way the rape was handled I think is pretty brutal um, yeah but yeah so a little bit of community service I don't think it should be on the list because like you uh-huh. say the only reason it is on the list is for the the racism's awful in it I mean it's because it's but the way the way I'm kind of looking at it is there's more N-words in rap music and in a lot of Tarantino movies than are said yeah. in this. But obviously yeah. the intention, the intention's worse. You know, with racism, it's always how, you know, if you seriously intend to offend someone when you say a racist word, because some people will say an off-the-cuff racist comment, joking with their mates, and no one's offended. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But in this particular instance... It's venomous the way they're saying, and they're deliver. You know, it's it's horrendous. It's it's probably the worst racism I've ever heard in any movie. But it is just a, you know, it's just a word at the end of the day. So for me, like you can't add something to a band list because racism is out there. It's not some, you know, it's it's if racism. It fucking happens. And when this film was made in 1977, you know, there was a lot more racism around. So I don't think yeah. putting it on a band list. Just to stop people hearing a word, yeah, it's, it's bullshit to put on us for that reason because it is just—it's a word, you know, and it's a horrendous word. It's the UK. It's the UK as well. That's that's what's confusing me. I'm not saying that the UK hasn't had problems even in the seventies well, with with you faulty know. Faulty Towers, say. But if, yeah. But, you know, there's an episode of Faulty Towers with the M word in. Yeah. But because it's said by the major, Faulty Towers wasn't put on a banned list for using the N word. Yeah. So you know we can't, we can't put this on the list yeah agreed agreed 100 percent. so we what are were you going to say to... about the uk then sorry what you were going to say yeah, I, yeah I was just going to say that, that the, the uk even in the 70s um I, yeah it's always had its issues with racism but this yeah. is very much an american style of racism and not a british yeah. style of racism so yeah. i don't necessarily think you know the justification because of the racist language in it is as applicable in the UK as it would be in the US. No. I mean, there's episodes just, of Only Fools and Horses where they use the P word. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> race, racism, is, racism is, you know, never excusable, but to put some, to, to ban something because it can use language, you know, it's nonsense. It shouldn't be on there. Yeah, definitely. Right, we're going to take a very short break. We're going to compose ourselves. You're going to hear another promo uh, from a show on the the network. You're going to hear the learned people talking about our very final movie of this show. Our last review from 1973 is Andy Warhol's Flesh for Frankenstein. And we're going to be talking about that movie right after this. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, We're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is exclusively about sequels, where the budget is bigger. Well, we don't actually have a budget. Get away from her, you bitch! But the action's more exciting? Uh, I don't know much about action. 
Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. This is Flesh for Frankenstein. In Italian, it's Il Mostro in Tavola, which means the monster is on the table. Flesh of Frankenstein came out in two formats, one where it was cut and the other one where it sort of seemed pretty much intact from an American company. However, eventually this became a video nasty. Most people attribute the direction of the film to the Warhol factory creator of films such as Flesh, Trash and Heat, who was Paul Morrissey. And Paul Morrissey also wrote the script. And on the back of the LP for Flesh of Frankenstein, Paul Morrissey says that in the morning he used to sit in the car and write the script for that day every day. And then he would give it to the actors and he would write as the film went along every day. And he also did that for the film that followed Flesh of Frankenstein, which is Blood for Dracula. One of the stars of both Flesh of Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula was Joe D'Alessandro, and he also was in Flesh, Trash and Heat, the films directed by Paul Morrissey. So even if the rumours that Warhol only went on set once aren't true, there is still a very hardcore Morrissey, uh, D'Alessandro, Warhol factory connection. This could raise some issues about whether or not the films are arthouse films or whether indeed they are the kinds of films that should be relegated to the visceral bucket that is the video nasty. Andy Warhol's Frankenstein is here. Newsweek magazine calls it the first original Frankenstein in years, a perversely fascinating movie. To movie review number three, and finally some levity. Flesh for Frankenstein, also known as known as Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Uh, this is an Italian slash French movie from 1973, uh, directed by Paul Morrissey, made for 3D. Apparently um, released on video in November '82, and then added to the list March '84. Now, apparently the director slash I don't know who was either writing or directing this movie but apparently the script was written in the car that day <laughs> and they would shoot and you can fucking tell <laughs> as well 
Uh, I don't know where to start with this one. It's uh, this is my new worst film. This is my new beast. I didn't think we could get any worse than Blood Feast. Uh, dude, but this no. I'm going to stop you there. This movie is better than Blood Feast. Oh, it's te- te- technically a better film. Like straight away, Blood Feast yeah. had no where play shots. The gore effects were fucking atrocious. You know, even for the time they were atrocious. Um, and yeah, this movie to me has you know it's it's got some cool scenes. Like the outdoor sequences are very beautiful. Um, the set design is gorgeous. Um, so so th- this is not as bad a movie. I can see where you're coming from in terms of the acting. Um, yes, this movie oh, has shit. some 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 questionable Udo. acting. No, I, Udo, I will I will defend Udo. Udo has made a career out of being that sort of actor. That's how he acts. It's 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 like a insane, over the top, mad little German bastard. That's how he acts, right? And um, yeah. that's why when we watched um, uh, the House on Straw Hill. Yeah. That's why I was saying to you that when you hear him dubbed, you've pretty much killed that man's performance, isn't it? Because the, I thought he was he, better in that than he was in this. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no! I, I think, I think, I think what we, I think this is this is how I'll sell this movie to you, right? <clears throat> that it's all about context, right? It's all yeah. about context. This movie is it's 1973. This is Frankenstein of 1973. So Hammer have done it couple of times yeah. Uh, yeah. the Hammer ones were very cheesy I mean there's a couple of them that are a bit more serious this is sexy yeah. Frankensteins this is exactly what it is right it's, it's a kind of it's an overtly sexual Frankenstein but it's yeah. got that Hammer sort of ethic behind it the blood is right at a Hammer movie it is the reddest yeah. fucking red it's poster pink right, red. red yeah I, I mean it's you know and that's what they're aiming for and they have put They've went for I mean all the all the Doctor Frankenstein's even though this guy isn't Doctor Frankenstein, all the Doctor Frankenstein's have been a wee bit crazy, right? A wee bit mental, yeah. a wee bit crazy, yeah. uh, slightly overacting and all the rest. Udo just takes it a couple of not he turns it up to eleven, right? And on some level, I think that's <laughs> that's what makes us see if he had played it far more straight, we would never be talking about this movie. This movie no. would have been lost to the annals of time. The reason this movie... Not not the reason it made the list. There's clear reasons why it made the list. Um, but, you know, the, the reason that this movie has a bit of an infamy about it isn't just because it was on the video Nazis list. It's because Udo is going fucking crazy in this movie. And, I, I mean, we're talking about like going crazy. No, this is this is Udo turned up, like, seriously turned up to 11. This might be the most over-the-top performance I've ever seen of an Udo Kier film. And I've seen a lot of them, right? Yeah. And, and he did he did a Blood for a Blood for Dracula about the same time. And that's that Andy Warhol's Dracula as well. Yeah, that's Andy Warhol's Dracula. And that's the one that has that very famous scene that David Anders Jr. over on Devour says and it cuts me up. And he's, he's eating prostitutes, basically. And he's, right. he, he's... And this is not what he wants. He doesn't want prostitutes. And he lost, like, a fucking ridiculous amount of weight to play the role. And he's all anemic looking and all the rest. And the camera pans up yeah. and he goes, he goes, the blood of these whores is killing me. You know, And I just think <laughs> it's just funny as fuck right and then when you see him in this movie 
just screaming. I mean, fucking screaming at, at people. Kill him! Kill him now! Kill him now! And you watch them going, what the fuck? What are you doing, Udo? Udo. He, he keeps talking about the lavatory, right? <laughs> the, 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 the laboratory. I know it's meant to be laboratory. But everybody's calling it a lavatory. So that just made me snigger like a child every time they went lavatory. <laughs> I can't you believe you're picking it? on the man's accent. That's terrible, Andy. Oh, you're a racist. I'm going to die in Wayne. He said, uh, my wife, Simosa us, my children, is another one. And do you know what? The scene that was just like doing my head in, I, I thought, has the director gone for a poo or something? Because he just kept going, kiss him, about 20 times. I'm thinking, yeah. that's such a bad direction, that, because... That scene should have finished a while before. Oh, God, because Udo just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. And it was just weird, like, it's so bizarre. Like, the guy, it's almost like if the woman kisses you, you're meant to immediately get a hard on because he keeps looking down at his cock. It's not yeah. working. Kiss him, looking down it, at his cock again. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the, only, it's the only part. That, so, like, right, so the, the synopsis of this movie is that we have... Uh, a mad scientist played by Udo Kier um, who lives in this very gothic sort of, it's not quite a castle but it's like a, a big mansion sort of house um, and basically he's the son of a very famous doctor, physician, scientist sort of dude and he is doing experiments to reanimate dead bodies so basically it's Frankenstein right but he's got the twist yeah. on this one here he's wanting to make a man and a woman and he basically wants to make them fully functional right yeah. i.e. so they can sleep together um, <laughs> and that is that is the premise of this movie that is that that is it in a nutshell. That is basically what you're do that they're trying to do with this movie. Is like you said, you hit the nail on the head. It's to make a sexy Frankenstein movie. Um, yeah. I, now, I, I think I think the movie fails on a couple of levels, um, but succeeds in other levels. I think it fails in that I think the movie's overly long. I think yeah. this movie is a sixty-minute movie. That's that's what yeah. we have here. Is a, the premise for a sixty-minute movie? I mean, the original Frankenstein is—I'm going to get this wrong. I think the original Frankenstein's like a bit more than ten minutes. I don't think it's a long movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't understand. You know, I don't understand why this movie goes on for you know like an hour and almost an hour and forty minutes. It seems like a bit of a stretch. Um, so yeah, there's that. I don't necessarily think. Um, it's very well written. Now that you telling me that they were writing it in the car before they were doing what they're doing kind of makes sense because yeah, the dialogue isn't great. The dialogue in this movie is is pretty poor. Um, I don't know who wrote this line. <clears throat> to know life, you've got to fuck death in the gallbladder, which he delivers after he's just shagged someone in the gallbladder. Yeah, well, I, I don't to, know who's, right, who's writing this? To, to, to be fair, to be fair, it's on an ancient coat of arms up at Edinburgh Castle, and uh, that is a, a very famous Scottish phrase. To no life, oh, really? to fuck someone in the gallbladder. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Um, but according to the Facebook page, apparently we only got electricity last week. So I believe um, you said that. I thought, brilliant. <laughs> where's that? I'm gonna go and see it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, um, yeah, the, the dialogue isn't great. Right, I'll get. I'll, I will happily own up to that. Oh, I'm disappointed because that almost gave an explanation. Then as to how that was, I thought that's a proper thing that you say in Scotland. That's fine, 
but now <laughs> no 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 no, <laughs> no, no that's were... not no yeah that, that's just made up no no one in Scotland has ever said that did he even know what he's saying I don't even know if he speaks English is it not a bit like the guy that plays Dracula <laughs> he was just phonetically he didn't actually he knows, know he knows saying. yes he knows English he, um, he knows he knows and he knows what he was saying there I just think to Udo it's it's just he's an actor he just show up and say what's on the script regardless if it makes sense or doesn't I don't you know? think he's that I don't so, know if you call him that I, mean. I think he is I think I think well let me put it this way there is a maniacal craziness in that role right yeah mm. we agree with that and I think he yeah, I, was, um, I think he conveys that well now it is overacting yes but he conveys it well and if you compare it to his performance in House on Straw Hill, which is a yeah. very subdued, very timid role, I would yeah. say that it is, you know, he's a good actor. I just think that he is easily typecast, especially in the 70s and 80s, he's easily typecast into extreme sort of crazy, weird roles. And I think... Um, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't get me wrong. I'm not defending this movie. I find this movie out of the three movies we've talked about. This is by far the most entertaining one, right? Yeah. Just because it is completely, it knows what it is, right? And it it gives you everything. It throws the, the kitchen sink at the the audience in this one, and that it is so blatantly over the top. It's like it's like hammer turned. It's hammer turned up to eleven. Udo's turned up to eleven. Hammer hammer horrors turned up to eleven. You have Udo having sex with corpses, right? And I think that's probably what banned this film. By the way, was the, yeah, the yeah. necrophilia. Necrophilia. I think pretty much was a was a yeah. It was definitely going on that fucking list, right? Yeah. Um, and you know it's not just one scene of necrophilia; it's a couple of scenes of necrophilia, and um, yep. there there is there is oozy sort of wounds, and there's hands going up inside cadavers, and there's you know there's weird kind of there's the sister or the wife, whoever it is, fucking shagging Frankenstein who kills her, and there, there, what on earth is she doing to his armpit? I have no well, I fucking idea, dude. Honestly, there was so many sequences with her. Why, why does she not have the same accent as Udo? Where is she from in the world? <laughs> don't know. They got split up for a bit. Weird. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, but, yeah. even, even then, he was like that. You, uh, I've has a Tokyo to, to, a Tokyo to Paris and he never took me to Paris. And you're like that. So she should have a French accent. Udo, you've yeah. got a German accent. She <sighs> should have a French accent. Why does she sound like an English woman or an American? There's, there's at one point, one of the stable hands comes in and I swear to God, he sounds like he's from Brooklyn. He's like, hey, yo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? The other stable right. hand, Serbian. It's it's so oh, it's man. such it's such a weird combination of disjointed weird characters, um, yeah. weird ideas. The gore in this movie is fucking fabulous. Like, see when that guy shoves his head up and he basically gets his head chopped off, and it's yeah. clearly a, a dummy head. But the I body love what they did with the eyes, the eyes all bugging oh, out. Yeah. But the body drops down on its knees and then you just get this arterial fucking blood spray which pumps out 
for a wee mm. while before the body and then you got the guy behind him hitting him with a fucking a fake mallet till the body falls over but when yeah. they go for the blood in this movie they're really like Udo's hand when it gets chopped off at the end oh yeah the blood Good. goes they really yeah they're, they're, and I love that that to me is like uh, fucking give me give me buckets of blood any day um, I did not know this was shot for 3D but that explains the protrusion of the spear at the end and the weird yeah. angle that it's, it's at I could see that's that's the payoff for the 3D um, and also and the longest that death scene in the history yeah, and but that's why. That's what. That's totally why because it's three D technology. That's what it's used for. They've obviously they're not just gonna have them like no saying anything while this thing's sticking out. So that I can kind of see where we're going from that. Although it's too long, um, yeah. it's cheesy. It's it's a pretty fucking bad movie. I'm not gonna. I, but I had a fucking riot watching. This is the second time I've seen this movie. Um, yeah. The first time was the same time Devour the Podcast did uh, Blood for Dracula. Um, and I watched that one and they had mentioned on there that Andy Warhol also did a Frankenstein movie. So I checked it out right after. Um, What's so Andy sec- Warhol got to do with this? Did he write it? He must, he must have been involved somehow, whether it's the art design or the writing or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's Andy Warhol. So Andy Warhol's flesh for Frankenstein or Andy Warhol's Frankenstein which would mean he would have had to do he must have been involved in the direction as well yeah um, yeah I mean I laughed more at this movie than I've <laughs> laughed at any other movie I mean not many of them are laughable are they but you know I was properly laughing out loud just the Udo here and the delivery of the lines the things he was saying were fucking cracking me up like so much so that I'm going to watch the Dracula one just because I want to see more of that ludicrous you know Udo Kier performance because it was fucking hilarious now I don't know if that was intentional or not uh, but regardless yeah I mean it it was a great bit of levity because I kind of watched these films in pretty rapid succession I watched Faces of Death last night followed immediately by this and this was kind of the levity that I needed after you know just watching loads of like people dying yeah and it was it was pretty hilarious um fucking bizarre movie i don't know if you can buy it is it is it available to buy over here flesh for frankenstein i don't know i don't know yeah. i would i would love to see this because obviously they've just done um a blackula a one and two which has just come out on blurry not that long ago for for yeah. uh, for the UK, I would love to see a double bill Blu-ray of Blood for Dracula and F- Fresh for Frankenstein. I would love yeah. to see them both on the same. You know, get, give them a Blu-ray release, get them out there, um, and I will happily happily buy that one up um, just to have as part of my collection. They're weird. They're fucking strange. Um, like I say, they they have the. At their heart, they're they're very much trying to emulate what Hammer were doing in the sixties, um, okay. and you know, with the with the the Frankenstein movies and the the Dracula movies, mm. they just add that kind of weird, bizarre European sexual element to it, and then just go crazy with it. And um, on yeah, some yeah. level, like yeah, it, it, it is a fucking thoroughly entertaining movie. It's nuts. It's not a great movie. But no. like Andy says, you will if you do not laugh while watching this movie, at least 
at least ten times, then you have no soul. Um, it's it's, it's just impossible. It's, the last, it's that last half an hour was just it's fucking crazy. Because I thought yeah. there's no way he can say anything more bizarre than what he's just said, and then thirty seconds later he says something else, and I'm cracking up, and then something else comes out. And I'm just thinking, if this script was written on the day, the guy was having a fucking good day today because this this is brilliant. This is like dynamite <laughs> stuff that's coming out. Yeah. I'm loving it. Um, like I say, really well shot. So I'm sure this would get you know the Blu-ray treatment and would look this, yeah. This, the great. set design, I, um, the set yeah. designs are beautiful, especially the the lavatory, Andy. Um, <laughs> the laboratory <laughs> in this movie is so beautiful and it's so. It, you know the attention to detail, the things in jars, the things on tables, and all the rest. It's the sort of set design that you 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 associate with, you know, the Universal classics, the the Hammer movies. This kind of specific attention to to where the camera is, the props, and all the rest. It feels like a laboratory. You know what I mean? It feels like a you know like this is a crazy doctor's lab. Um, it has all those food just by the way through it, and the scenery when the when they're shot outside is I, th- I think is is really cool as well. I mean they, they use that quite well. Um, yeah. That is is really I, I can't undersell how well I think this movie shot for nineteen seventy three. Um, mm. It's just tonally all over the place. I was just going to say about the um, the scenery and stuff. Like I've remember watching uh, the Hammer, like Christopher Lee Frankenstein, uh, Christopher Lee Dracula. Uh-huh. When I was a kid, and I've recently bought that on Blu-ray, uh, but was waiting to get my new TV to before I watched. And apparently, it's a really good transfer. So I'm really looking forward to that because that is such a great feel. That kind of time period that they're kind of emulating in this and that like mm-hmm. gothic thing. I just think it's perfect for Blu-ray. You know, like the rich kind of deep blacks and blues, yes. dark blues, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It will be. I'll be yeah. lucky. You need to let me know. I've got obviously. I've got the Hammer DVD box set. Um, okay. I've kind of, I've kind of been holding off because they've been bringing out the individual Hammer titles and Blu-ray. Yeah. You know, every couple of months, one of them gets dropped, and I'm kind of at that point where I don't want to be. I don't want to buy them just in case there's a box set comes out. Yeah. You know, two years from now or something, I'm I'm trying to hold off, but I re- I'd be really quite interested to see what you make of that print because mm. I'm not aware of it. I don't know anyone that owns a Hammer Horror Blu-ray pr- print yet, so. Okay. Um, you will be my my benchmark if it's good or cool. not. So yeah, apparently this is like a full on digitally remastered kind of. Uh, I think on like Blu-ray dot com, I think you got about four out of five stars. I think it's pretty right. fucking good going. It's so, quite, so yeah, quite high, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that one. Wicked, wicked. Right then, so let's say uh, come to our ultimate serious question here um, yeah. at the end. Uh, how do you rate this movie? Right. Uh, gore-wise, even though I totally agree with you that the gore is great, um, I don't think it's any more gruesome than what we saw in something like uh, Blood Feast. Just because it's it's uh-huh. a, just a lot of awful, isn't it? It's a lot of in, you know they've just gone to the butchers uh, and got some kind of internal you know analog organs. But there is some uh, subject matter in this uh-huh. that, although it didn't offend me, I think people could find necrophilia. <laughs> quite offensive I mean that's a bit of a taboo isn't it yeah that that's kind of one of the darkest taboos you know we've talked about death already this evening um but fusing you know having sex with a dead body that's kind of next level shit um it's not gruesome enough to be given hard time because the way it's handled 
you know, the, like you say, the tone of the film so all over the place. It's not handled in a disturbing enough manner. But I do think the subject matter does warrant a, a little bit of community service, just because I'm kind of whisking my brain back to 1982. Um, yep. And at the time, I mean, necrophilia now is is fucking taboo. They don't do films about necrophilia particularly. It's a, it's a subject that is still untouched now. Um, so for that reason, I think it has some community service, and I do think it belongs on the list because um, it's kind of a weird sexual violence thing. You know, we talk about the whole thing of you know rape handled in a certain way automatically for me would give it community service. Uh-huh. So even though it's not rape because the person's dead, just the taboo level of this, I think, is for me. What do you think? Um, I'm actually 100% in agreement with you. The first time tonight that we've actually come in on the same grade. Um, ah, <laughs> cool. Of all movies to agree on, it's Flesh for Frankenstein. Yeah, Udo would be Udo would be proud. Yeah, I think very much like you say, um, I mean, it's campy, it's over the top, it's it's cheesy in parts but the subject matter itself you have uh, necrophilia necrophilia is the ultimate taboo mm. is the one that can't be is the, is the one that can't be condoned uh, by any civilised people is the, the, the you know the shagging of dead yeah. bodies um, and you know it's, it's not it's, it's not done in a way which isn't right up against the camera you know what I mean it's not he takes the body behind a fucking door and you hear him panting um, it's, it's oh, on yeah. screen it's in its full it's glory. American pie style yeah. isn't it really just rocking up and down on top of a dead woman's uh, gashed open stomach yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't leave um, any imagination yeah so as from that point of view I think yeah I think it's I think it's fair to say that this movie yeah, this movie is definitely it's community service. Um, I'm going to say... Do I think it should have been on the list, though. <laughs> this is a difficult one, because it's... Yeah, fuck it, it should have been on the list. It should have been on the list purely because we're saying that necrophilia is the ultimate taboo. This movie has the ultimate taboo yeah. in it, so yes. By that merit, do I think it is a strong it needs to be on the list? No fucking way. But... I can't see the sentence I just said and then not put it on the uh, list. This one is a it's a loose yeah. list. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think because um we uh what was the one from episode two? What was the one in like the German experiment camp? I can't remember what it was called. Oh yeah, yeah. That went on the see, that went on see, the that list. Went on because, the list you know, and that had similar kind of weird sexuality, you know, sexual violence and taboos and stuff in there. So yeah, I think it's kind of uh, stuff like that elevates these films, I think. Yeah. I think I think that's yeah, I think that's when when you're when you're putting that in the movie, I think it gets to the point where that I can kinda once again stress if you're a new listener, both myself and Andy do not condone um no, censorship. We don't condone no. censorship. No, we don't condone them at all, but if you're putting yourself, which this podcast is aiming at, is putting yourself in the mindset of, you know, 1984, the the creation of the list, etc., then we kind of have to be true to that. And I think, yeah, the elements in that probably raise it to that level. Yeah. Cool. Whew, right, um, I think we take a short break, play another promo, and we bring this show on for a landing, sir. Yeah. 
Not getting the coverage of TV horror from the other podcasts out there? Then look no further than Evil Episodes Podcast, where we'll give you the in-depth coverage of all the best and the worst that the small screen has to offer. Oh my god, you're hearing just about the big screen? Listen to the small screen here on Evil Episodes, Mike, Corey, and Jamie. Man, we're going to make things weird for you and just uh, bring to you everything that you don't hear about that you should be watching on TV. Jamie, give us some examples. Uh, well, how about we talk about new stuff like American Horror Story or The Walking Dead or this this season's Sleepy Hollow. Uh, but then not only that, we dig into old stuff like Tales from the Dark Side and Supernatural. Holy moly. That sounds like a fun fucking podcast to me. You bet your sweet ass it does. And Jamie, where's the only podcast where they can hear about all that stuff? Well, it's Evil Episodes, of course. That's right, so set your DVR to channel 666 and let Evil Episodes give you the in-depth coverage of the stuff that deserves to be, but isn't talked about elsewhere. Evil Episodes is a podcasting network. And welcome back. So you have been listening to Doing the Nasty, episode number 7, where we have done reviews of A Faces of Death. Fight for your life, and finally, flesh for Frankenstein. So, Andy, um, that's an, that's another one in the bag. That's episode seven downs. Wow, are we about halfway through? Uh, Possibly. Uh, I think we're just potentially. If we're not, if this episode wasn't halfway, we are either just before or just yeah. after. Um, I'm just, I'm just checking. It's just thirteen, now. thirteen uh, episodes in the first portion. That's right. So yeah, we're just over halfway now, and I'm excited. I'm excited because next week has okay. The first one we've got is Forest of Fear. The second, which I've never seen, I haven't. Uh, Gestapo's Last Orgy, which I've also never seen. Which I have seen. You have. I've seen okay, it. Okay, cool. And then the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the third and final, which is one I've been really looking forward oh. to, and this gives me the perfect excuse to uh, uh, check out the Arrow Blue Run Shiny TV, is the House by the Cemetery. Yeah, the Lucio Fulci yes. part of his Gates of Hell trilogy. Oh, House, oh, House by the Cemetery. So, yeah, that's that's a heavy hitter. That is, like, heavy hitter. Not- I think I think you sent me that on Blu-ray. I think you bought, you doubled up on it and you sent it to me. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, two copies of that one. I posted that one down to you uh, just because I would much rather give it to someone who would appreciate it than sell it blindly. Yeah, maybe. much appreciated, dude. So oh. I can't wait to crack that open. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, not really got any thoughts on the other two because I've not seen either of them and I don't really know anything about them. Obviously, <laughs> the name is a bit of a clue. Gestapo's Last Orgy. I can imagine what this is going to be like. So uh, <laughs> we should yeah, yeah. see. Yes, yes, we will. And now uh, we're going to address something just before we go. Um, what we're going to address is that uh, our Facebook page has been brilliant recently. I mean, like really, really good. Uh, lots of interactions, and it's cool that we've got people like uh, Jeff from Kiss the Goat, which is a podcast. I cannot stress enough that you should be listening to it. It's on the same network, so if you're checking out our show, you should be checking out Kiss. Do you know what else is a really um, big, fucking big show actually that I've uh, been rinsing through the back catalogue is the Six and a Half Feet Under. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I've, I've had the opportunity to guest on that. Oh, one, I was well. listening to that with you on today. In fact, that's what made me think of it. Yeah, you you must be sick of listening to me on shows. I, I literally, I'll tune in, and I don't even know you're going to be on there. And it's ah, oh, he's on here again. <laughs> 
Duncan again. It was the same. Is there any Yeah, literally, you, you cannot go anywhere in the podcast world without bumping into Duncan McLeish. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, but that was, it was, that was a lot of fun, that yeah, show. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, you need to check out Kiss the Goat. But it's been cool having, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff X Martin on the page, you know, talking about things, because he's a big fan of this show. He's a big fan of the Video Nasties. Um, you know, he's seen them all, um, and as such, you know, he's, he's always like, he'll always lend a comment here or there. But Mike Murphy over at Badass Boobs and Body Counts has been really cool, you know, because he's, um, he's a very opinionated guy at the best of times. Uh, I will have the pleasure of, funnily enough, guessing on his show in April. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's, he's a very opinionated guy, and I, I mean, I, I quite like, he really is a connoisseur of, of, pretty terrible cinema his, his podcast focuses at times on movies which I would never sit down and watch um, but he the fact that he delivered us that um, you know he's, he's already done a couple of the nasties like he did his Cannibal Holocaust episode yeah. which he posted on the page which I, I really recommend that you go and check it what him and um, Iris were saying about that movie mm. but the the really well written article about Faces Death as well which is really interesting yeah. but he made a suggestion and I kind of thought, I, I mean, you've kind of made a similar suggestion a while ago when you said to me that maybe the three, the three tier grading isn't necessarily fair because even if you're giving someone a slap on the wrists, you are still condemning them on some level. Yeah. <clears throat> and some of the movies on the list are shouldn't Evil Speak should not be on the fucking list, right? It shouldn't. Nah. It shouldn't even be entertained on the fucking list, right? So. He come up with a very, very clever suggestion, keeping in with our court theme of Case Dismissed. And um, I think that that is brilliant, actually. So um, I think what we will do is, we've obviously we've done a couple of shows already, so what we're going to do is we're going to, as of next show, we're going to bring in this uh, Case Dismissed rating for all the rest of the shows, and when we reach uh, episode number 13, which will mark out the end of the prosecuted list, at the very end of that show, we are going to recap all the movies that have been given hard time, all the movies that have been given community service, all the movies that have been given a slap on the wrists, and we will retrospectively fix our grades for the ones that we think should have been dismissed. Yeah, cool. I think that's I think that is fair. So when we close out the first chapter, the prosecuted list, we will have a list of things where people can, well, you know, you can hear what we thought of the movies from there, what ones we actually do agree with are list worthy, what ones maybe not so much, what ones were yeah they had some stuff but they weren't all that bad, and ones which were like that. Why did anyone ever even remotely think this should have been entertained on a video nasty list? Yeah. So um, thank you very much, Mike, for suggesting that, and uh, yeah, that's something we're going to be taking on forward uh, into future episodes. Mm. Cool. I mean, it might not come up again, um, but it's a very handy tool because we were both at a loss last week as to what to do with Evil Speak. Um, so just yeah, very much so. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be on the list. No, exactly. So, so if uh, if that does crop up again, we've now got that covered. Definitely, definitely. So uh, with that in mind, I think it's time we we mosey out of here, sir. Yep.
Um, I would just like to personally once again thank everyone who has been checking out the show. Your support's great. Thank you to everyone over on the Facebook page. Remember, you can rate us on iTunes. Uh, we have our own separate feed that Horophilia produces for the show on iTunes. And leave us some feedback over there. We would love to hear from you guys uh, what you think uh, our show is like. Are we doing the video nasties justice? I don't know if we are, but it, it would be cool to hear from you. Uh, remember, you can check out uh, Andy's show. Uh, um, a big horror little podcast over at the Legion Podcast Network. Yep. He has a show incoming, yes? Uh, I do, yeah. And the next show coming up, we've recorded two out of the three reviews. And um, we're going to be talking about Alien. Uh, we're talking about The Omen. That's oh. to kind of finish off our 70s. Oh. Um, and then coincidentally, we're also doing Jaws, which is not because it's 70s, but because it's in our 10 club. Um, we watched that the other day. We just need to basically record that review. Uh, and then that episode just be editing down and, uh, and out it will go wonderful wonderful so basically what you have there is a trifecta of awesome 70s movies yeah. so I'm digging that I'm digging that dude um, and uh, you can check out some of my other shows you can check out my main show um, the podcast Under the Stairs uh, by checking it out on iTunes type in podcast Under the Stairs or on the Legion Podcast Network where Andy show Big Horror a lot of podcasts is also checked out thank you once again to Jason Lloyd at Horophilia and all the shows over there for the support um, Andy would you like to say goodbye to our listeners please goodbye listeners um, and uh, you please take care of yourselves we'll be back in a fortnight for more funky nasty movies bye everyone bye ah. nasty nasty yeah. they were called nasties and they were nasty some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.